I can't come here and die I can't come here and lose Got all this shit on my mind Like what the fuck I'm a day Work ain't paid me in time My baby just ripped me my mood Very too just cut off my line Hi guys Welcome to the Echo Chamber I'm Jade And I'm Ez This is sort of like an offshoot of the adult friendship episode But it relates really directly to us We've obviously been doing this podcast now for coming up two years. Even though our output doesn't reflect <laughs> that, I met as about two years ago, properly. And as we've sort of journeyed with this podcast, we've also journeyed with our friendship. Because as you lot know, this was sort of the premise of like us getting to know each other, that we was going to start a podcast. One of our really close friends was like, yeah, yeah, you two should do a podcast. It would be sick. And we, yeah, developed a friendship off of that also. We have not long passed through quite a rocky period of time in our friendship. And we just thought we'd come on the podcast and talk about it because we ended up having a very interesting conversation to clear the stuck energy, I guess, and between us and to have some understanding. Would you add to that, Is? Yeah, been really interesting because we have been in a, I'm going to call it itchy period (laughs) where things have been a little bit itchy between us, but still putting out content and still recording. It's been really interesting because the process of like maintaining the podcast through that itchy period, the show went on in it. And that so that was interesting, like my energy in relation to, I'll speak for myself, like in relation to some of the episode, more recent episodes we've put out, not necessarily feeling as comfortable or things feel it flowing as easily, but like the show went on. So I find that interesting as well that like, I don't know if that's something that listeners would have picked up on or not. I don't know <laughs> if that is like, yeah, I find that interesting. Open question. So we've both just very recently got back from trips away opening question today is how was your travels so I was in the south of France and I traveled alone so I had a solo trip there I had a really relaxing experience I was in Nice for a bit and then I went to Cannes stayed in really nice places in both locations I did some trips around the region ate loads yeah I just had a good time and I had good time to myself which was really nice and really necessary. It was really hot. So that was beautiful as well. And um, even though we've had a good summer, um, it was really nice to get some some more heat, especially as it's turning cold now. It was interesting. I think a lot came up for me in this trip. A lot always comes up in my solo travels, but a lot came up for me in this trip around trusting myself, which was really interesting. A little bit came up around loneliness as well which I think always comes up when I travel alone. In all, I had a really great time. It's always nice to see how the other half live as well. I had a good time. What about you? Um, I went to Dubai for a really extended trip, actually. I was away for over two weeks. Planned to be there for longer, but um, came home a little bit early um, because of the bereavement. That I spoke about in the last episode I had a really good trip <laughs> Like it was a really 
important trip. I go to Dubai every year um, because I've got family out there. Um, and so it ends up being a cheap kind of, for what I get, it ends up being a cheap holiday. And it was really interesting because like, it was very impromptu. I was like in the bin, I was in the bin, like two, I was really depressed, more depressed than I've been in what feels like a really long time. Nothing was moving, like nothing was shifting the energy. Even if I had like a good day or a good afternoon or a like something good, like it went straight back to that nasty, dark energy. So I was like, I knew I needed something to shift. Where I haven't been working, like financially, it was like, how am I going to get this done? How am I going to do this? I asked my brother to pay for my flight um, and he did because he's a real one. And like, it was just so leading up. So even like going, it very much felt like emergency. <laughs> like very much felt like emergency, get out of the country. When I got there, again, I feel like my sister-in-law who lives there, it was very much like, this is like a, almost like an intervention trip so the agenda was that like I was going to the gym every day sometimes twice a day I was eating really clean I was really strict with my meditation schedule I was journaling loads um, I was still working so I was still working over zoom so it wasn't really that in terms of like going there it wasn't really a turn up turn up type of thing but there was also quite a bit of turning up like there was also like I didn't expect to, or I didn't go there with that in mind. But there was also like quite a bit of like turning up. So my sister-in-law has moved back to London now. So she had quite a few different like levers, things that happened. So there was like a boat party. Um, we went to the Burj. That was my first ever time going to the Burj. I've been to Dubai like six times, but that was my first time going. And we went there and misbehaved and was just mad ratchet. <laughs> and it was just like everything basically I think everything that it was the full spectrum of like time with myself time with my healing journey time with like in being intentional about reclaiming my routine and my mind then there was also like a lot of fun and then there was like family like and being around like so when I was out there my sister-in-law and brothers one of their good friends who's also one of my good people then she came out and she's just she's dumb anyway that was just dumb um and so there was just bare banter and then also my sister-in-law's one of her good friends who I'd never met before but we work in the same sector so there was a lot of overlap and it just was like the I was just around the right people also I found out whilst I was away is when I found out about the bereavement um that I am experiencing at the moment and I was just in the right place. Like, I was so held. I felt so held by, like, who I was with, the space that I was in. I was just in the right place to find out that news. And I feel really grateful for that. I'm really grateful that I think one of the main things that was coming up for me this trip was the importance of community and the importance of, like, how community can support individual healing, basically. Um, so that like, I was in the country because somebody was able to pay for my flight. And whilst I was there, I was staying with my sister-in-law. Whilst I was going through what I was going through, I had people that were there to hold me through it. And also to like laugh with, to enjoy with, to turn up with. So I think that was like one of my main takeaways from this trip was like the importance of community. And it's also whilst I was out there that we had 
the initial conversation about our itchiness um, and what was going on in relation to our friendship. Do you want to? Yeah, we, yeah, we had the conversation initially. I had already come back from my trip. Yeah, as was still out in Dubai. It had been several weeks since we had like spoken about anything other than the podcast or like just anything technical (laughs) or anything like that had some type of responsibility attached to it like real responsibility attached to it basically what had happened was (laughs) we had a conversation some weeks ago Ez communicated to me something that had come up for her and I think that I felt really like I don't know maybe embarrassed or ashamed was my initial like emotional reaction. Really embarrassed and really ashamed by what she had said to me. What she had said to me was that she felt like there was things around inauthenticity. Yeah, I was going to even cut you there because I didn't say I felt like you anything. Are you dumb? Okay, go on. Say <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> um, so I'm even going to take the reins and set the scene. Okay. Um, I feel like how you received what I was saying, <laughs> you personalised what I was saying, but actually that's not what I said. So what happened from my perspective, so I have a very strong intuition, naturally, but let's just say I was in an induced, enhanced experience my intuition was just loud and I was very much that in a state of like I could see everything basically again actually to speak to the history of that so in the past where I have been in that state where I have been in an induced enhanced intuitive state Jade has always been able to access that she's never in the same place as in she's never like she's never in an induced enhanced experience however jade's always been able to access what i'm saying as abstract as it might be or as like she's able to engage with what i'm seeing or saying or thinking or feeling um and that is something that has always felt really comfortable between us that is something that um if for example i have a um yeah like so if I have a trip and I come back from a trip and I'm able to like say oh this this and that happened as abstract as it might be Jade is always able to to just like understand it and even if she doesn't understand it necessarily she's accepting of like that was my journey I was um in a journey and felt really comfortable so I was in a journey and actually I was in a journey with another friend I was in a like in the, within the journey, I was physically with another friend. We were kind of experiencing just like a, a seeing. I was seeing her. I was seeing stuff. I was seeing her. And then there was like a conversation that was being had around like living in our truth and the importance of living in our truth and what our truth is. In the midst of that, I don't remember if I called you or you called me. Okay, I, in the midst, yes, so we were, Jade and I were meant to record, I remember now, Jade and I were meant to record, and this is funny, because I'm saying this on air, but I haven't told you this off air, actually, because I was with Esther the other day, and she picked up on the itchiness. Really? Um, So her interpretation was that, I hope people are keeping up, (laughs) because I I feel that we're just chatting there, but 
her interpretation was that because we were meant to record and I was saying, oh, I'm, I'm on a journey and I, like, I can't record, you were annoyed by that. So she was like, she thought that you were annoyed or she felt like attention. She felt and she picked up on attention. Um, but she, so yeah, I phoned you to be like, oh, I can't record. I'm still very much on a journey and not in a state where I'm able to record. Um, but then in that kind of, it was explaining to you what was happening in my journey. Mm-hmm. Things are very like, it's difficult for me to um, place what happened in this realm and what happened in other realms um so I'm going to say what I remember happening and you can fill in the gaps because I know that stuff are a little bit blurry for me but what I remember saying was um or what I remember speaking to was the importance of living authentically living in truth and that was a continuation of the conversation that had been happening with my friend Esther Um, So that is what I remember. I remember speaking to the importance of living authentically and living in truth. So not, I don't remember, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't remember saying, oh, Jade, you need to live authentically or you're not living authentically or anything like that. But I remember as I was attempting to bring you into the conversation, which again, speaking to our history, is that very normal and something that has happened before and like not been a thing as I was attempting to bring you into the conversation what I could almost visibly see was your ego it was a little bit scary and it was a it was weird because that's never been I've never seen I've never seen ego get in the way of our conversations or the way that we interact in that way or it being as prominent and then I remember feeling like I can't involve you in this conversation I don't want to involve I don't feel safe enough to involve you in this conversation and then off the back of that like coming off the phone but saying I'll I'll shout you back kind of kind of thing when I got in my cab home phoned you back again ego was really present um and I think I said it I think I said it and I think I spoke about authenticity but I could see basically I could see that you were triggered or I could see that it had affected you. I didn't really, I couldn't gauge why or like what was going on. But I just remember from my position, it was like my spirit was saying, you cannot have this conversation while her ego is present. You cannot speak to it. You cannot name it, which again is very like, not me, that I'm very confrontational, very like, and not us actually. So not just not me, not us. Like I feel like we've always had the, kind of relationship where I'm able to like call things out and vice versa like oh this is what I'm seeing or this is what I'm gauging like wagwan type of thing whereas on this day it was like it was a direct instruction my spirit was like you cannot have this conversation whilst her ego is present following that I checked in with myself so when I came out of that journey like was checking in with myself and basically just still felt very strongly like it's not my place to broach this conversation. So that's kind of like my position. And then that led to a few weeks of us not having the conversation, basically. So it's so interesting because I feel like, I feel like in terms of accessing what you were saying to me, as you said, I've had the ability to access what you're saying to me. And I don't think it's ever really been cerebral. But on this occasion, I think that it was all cerebral. So you talking about inauthenticity 
in my brain, it was just like, oh, you're calling me inauthentic. And of course it triggered something in me, but it was also not understanding the like range of what you was trying to say and not understanding the context. So I didn't know, obviously you didn't say to me directly, yeah, this is what is coming up in this journey. Um, this relates to everybody in this journey and I am bringing you into this conversation. That obviously is never what comes out of your mouth verbatim, but because I'm accessing whatever, not from a cerebral place, I'm able to catch that. On this occasion, I think because I was accessing from a cerebral place, for me, it was like, you see that I'm inauthentic. That is literally what I heard. I can't say like what your words were verbatim, but to me it was just, oh, you're saying that I'm, that you see that I'm inauthentic. And that was triggering because I think that I do have things around like being exceptionally guarded, wearing a mask, not being, yeah, my not showing up as my authentic self for so many different reasons. And I think that ego came in and was just kind of like, yeah, like, ah, uh, okay, so what does this mean for our friendship now then? Like, if this is what you're seeing and this is what you're saying, and I know you as somebody that you, for yourself, for your own life, seek to and endeavour to live it, like, as your truest self and as authentically as you can, what does that mean then? Um, so that was sort of my only, like, that's the only thing that I really wanted to have a conversation about well that's the only thing that I really cared about really at that point but that wasn't what you were saying but in my head in my brain that is what I had computed so when we had these conversations when you was in this enhanced (laughs) uh intuitive like space um I just think that we were attempting to have two very different conversations and my ego as you said was very much in the way so anyway, when we came off of the phone, you weren't saying much. Um, and I think that that was getting on my nerves, <laughs> actually, because I think that the conversation I wanted to have was going to be like very cerebral, but that just wasn't the space that you were in. And that wasn't what you was trying to do from Jump Street. So I came off of the phone. Very early on, I was very hyper aware that, OK, this is something that I need to revisit with Ez. Like, I'm going to have to revisit it. We're going to have to have a conversation about this. And I am going to have to be very, very vulnerable, very open. That is something that I have learned, given this experience, that I do not feel comfortable being with friends now. I don't know what people's perception is of me, necessarily, particularly not as an adult. But I think that people probably have long just viewed me as I get on with people like I get on yeah I just get on with people but this situation has highlighted to me how many like just how difficult friendships are for me like that's just the truth friendships are actually really difficult for me and it's quite difficult for me to trust people um, that are my friends and I do definitely exist in friendships with like a lot of guardedness and keeping quite a bit of distance between my like feelings and emotions and the person that is my friend. Broaching this conversation was going to challenge that, was going to challenge the way that I've long existed in a lot of my friendships, even friendships that I like, where I've known people for like 10 plus years. So that was that really, that's why 
I think that things were drawn out for such a long period of time because one, it wasn't Ezzy's job to like be like, okay, so yeah, what's going on? Like what? Yeah, there's itchiness. We need to talk about this. It was very much for me to broach that conversation and the prospect of doing it was so like big and scary to me and such a like, it just, yeah, was very far from where I comfortably sit inside of my friendships. So in the end, Ez actually did end up broaching the conversation with me, uh, which I, in all honesty, I actually felt quite bad about. Yeah, I felt quite bad because I think that the role that Ez plays in the friendship is one of like, yeah, a lot of holding in a particular way. So understanding Jade's stuff and holding accordingly. And not to say that I don't do that, but I just think it shows up in different ways. I don't think I understand Ez's stuff and do holding necessarily in relation to things that might make me personally feel uncomfortable or might make me, like, might be tiresome to me personally as Jade. But I feel like Ez does that for me. Um, So I felt a little bit bad because I didn't feel like it was her place or role to... um, approach this conversation I knew that it was definitely my place and role to to confront how I was feeling essentially I think that actually when I think about it now like looking back in hindsight I think that actually I was more it's more comfortable for me to have addressed it there and then so I feel that in terms of that you saying that oh it wasn't my place to um to start the conversation or whatever I don't, I don't think I feel like that. I think on a normal day, if there wasn't... So it's because I felt a direct instruct that like I felt my spirit say to me really clearly, don't have this conversation, don't start this conversation, wait for her to start this conversation. And I think because of my, like, commitment to living authentically, that's what the itchiness was. Because nothing deep happened. Like, we had the conversation when I was half here, half not. I don't fully even remember what I said in the conversation. You were triggered by something. I weren't offended by nothing. Like, I weren't upset about nothing. I don't even fully remember it all. And then we move. Do you know what I mean? And, like, for me, that would that's a really easy thing to confront. So, on a normal day, like, I would just be like, well, go on. Like, what's going on? Like, what, what am I sensing? What did I pick up? that I felt this or I saw that or whatever it was and the conversation would happen and then we would move but because I felt quite strongly that I was being instructed not to do that that's where the discomfort on my end came from because Mm -hmm. like how do I be in relationship with this person authentically knowing that this conversation hasn't been had Mm -hmm. knowing that we've got things that need to be done so we we're still record like we're still recording we even went studio and like even things like I remember I was out I went to Tyler's birthday and like people were asking like oh where's Jay like and I was like oh yeah (laughs) she's not here Oh uh, yeah, like she's not here. Or like I went to um yeah, so bear of the podcasting community. So like um Nana was asking where's where's Jade at Tyle's birthday. Then I went Basaba with the Surviving Society lot and they were like, Oh like Jade and I was like, Oh like, yeah <laughs> like because obviously I don't know how Jade is, bruv. I don't know. And like that is not like that's not normal. I feel like the way that we live our lives, we our lives are very much like, I know what you're doing. Do you know what I mean? We 
like even if it's even though we do separate work it's let's meet up and be on our laptops together or let's go here together or do you know what I mean if there's motive this generally speaking I feel like a lot of our lives have through the process of the podcast but also our friendship have that like, merged and so it felt like oh, it was like three weeks isn't it yeah it was like three weeks of like not having that and not knowing where I stand because I didn't understand why but I knew in my heart and like in my spirit I, I knew that this one leave it for now so so I think it's it's less about whose role it is and I don't think that so me starting the conversation basically I brought that up to say me starting the conversation was more natural than it was a burden basically it didn't feel that oh I have to have this conversation this is a burden this is an issue it actually felt that it got to a point where I couldn't I think we were due to have a, a podcast meeting yeah and I was like I can't I can't have that meeting this has been three weeks of that funky energy I don't know what's going on. I can't actually sit in that meeting and like not address whatever whatever's going on. Um, and that's the place that I'd reached. So it felt more comfortable for me to address it than to not. Yeah, I hear you. I still stand by feeling a bit bad. And I do. So you, I feel like you always say this, like basically centre yourself. And I think that when I centre myself in that feeling bad, it's that, approaching it me being the one to broach the conversation like represented movement in itself represented like me taking the reins with my own feelings with my own like emotions and just being more of an adult (laughs) actually Um, and maybe that was maybe that is more of the feeling bad it's more me centered it's more like this was an opportunity to like move past something or yeah do something differently that adds to your growth or contributes to um your growth jade um and i didn't do that i didn't like adhere to the call or i didn't answer the call so we yeah we like had this conversation and um obviously like i yeah i don't think in terms of like of quite different temperaments and the different ways that we probably show up in in our friendships and relationships yeah i think that we're quite different but i think that that makes for like any kind of conflict or difficult conversation always being one that is able to be calm and understanding is always able to come from from them because you have no qualms about like asking questions and being really like clear if you don't understand something or get something Um, and I think that in terms of my temperament I always I listen I'm a listener so like yeah I I try and listen I make that yeah I try and listen it was an easy conversation to have. It was quite an easy conversation to have when we was in it, but it was the broach in the conversation that was difficult. On what you were saying about like, yeah, our lives are like really intertwined. And it's so funny. It's It was bare funny to admit in the conversation that like your mind goes to stupid places and places that are just really not true. I am a story creator by default by trade like I create narratives in my head about things and so it was very normal and natural and I wasn't able to catch it for these reasons but it's very natural for me to like create narratives in my head for those weeks 
I was definitely creating bear narratives in my head around our friendship and what like things I'm gonna what this means for things going forward and whatever so what you were saying about like our lives being intertwined and like people asking after me and whatever whatever that was really funny because one of the narratives that I was definitely like constructing in my head was like our lives are so intertwined but that feels like a burden to Ez so this period of like our lives not being as intertwined as they are must feel good for her so that was definitely one of the narratives that was like in my mind I find that really interesting because I think something that something that it forced me to look at within myself was stuff to do with how I show up in relationships so I had something very different but the similarities happen where me and another close, very close friend stopped talking last year, maybe. Well, not stopped talking, but she's not a friend anymore, innit? We're not friends like that. And we went from like a really kind of intense closeness. Our lives been somewhat intertwined in different ways because, yeah, not in the same way. But in terms of like, yeah, just that this is a person that I speak to a lot. This is a person that's around. This is a person that if there's a motive, I'll call and vice versa. And like now we, we're not in each other's lives in that capacity. They have their reasons for that. So they've made that decision. Um, but I feel like I felt a type of way. So they basically like made a decision that for their own reasons, it is better for them that me and them are not close like that anymore. And so we're not close like that anymore. And their assumption was that that wouldn't affect me because I've got lots of friends or because, like, I'm not emotional in the same way that they are. Mm -hmm. Their assumption was that, like, that wouldn't affect me. And it really did affect me. And not in a way, like, it didn't manifest in the way that it did with them. So, like, me not being in their world manifested in a specific way for them. So it didn't manifest in the same way or I'm not going to be, like, crying in that. But it does affect me. And I feel like the the period of us not, the itchiness, it was affecting me. It was, like, uncomfortable. It was not nice. Like, we speak a lot. So in terms of, like, and there's a lot of holding that you do for me. And so not having that space to be, like, even just to vent or to, like, laugh or whatever it is, it did affect me. And I think it made me think about why my friends might assume or think that I wouldn't care Mm. if the dynamics of our relationships change and like what about me like what I project or what I what about me has created that pattern because it's not just you or it's not just that period you're not the only person that kind of projected that assumption onto me that incorrect assumption onto me that like oh I would be cool or that I'm fine, I'm just getting on with things. So it made me think about that. And it made me think about, it made me confront the ways that I disassociate within friendships. And I don't know where it comes from. I haven't done enough, like, I haven't delved into it enough. But I know that like, at some point, I'm, I've learned to like disassociate in my friendship. And I also feel like I have had to confront the ways that I play, what role I play, like, and we we were saying this the other night, like, I'm not a therapist and I'm not a, like, in as much as I feel like I hold space for a lot of my friends. And in doing that, I think one of the reasons why I, I'm able to do that so well is because I have 
the ability to think objectively and when it comes to my friends and to not be like driven by emotion in my in how I respond to things that come up in their lives but I do have emotions and so it's like at what point do I bring that into relationships so that for example if something's happening in your life that is separate from me nothing to do with me but I feel something towards that or like if you and that could be positive like you've got a job and I feel really happy for you how do I express that happiness how do I and that or, or something less positive has happened to you how do I bring that in like if I, I don't know if I'm making sense but it's like I basically I feel like in an attempt to not censor myself I've completely removed myself um, from a lot of my relationships. I've completely removed myself from, um, and my feelings from like how I interact with people. And I don't think that's healthy. Um, So I think that's something that came up for me. That's something that I learned about myself through the process of us not really like talking or whatever that was. Yeah, that's, that's mad interesting. Um, You're definitely right. I, my assumptions, like my my assumptive like starting point was that I'm gonna care more than you, or that I care more than you about the friendship and all of that. That's definitely true, and I think that I was really surprised when you used words like "yeah, I've like felt uncomfortable" or used phrases that I felt uncomfortable, or like even broaching it in the way that you did so you didn't it wasn't just like oh yeah so like the conversation a few weeks ago like was like were you triggered it was like every everything was taken into account and there was a lot of parallels in like some of the narrative that was coming up in both of our minds and um yeah like some of the feelings and that really surprised me and um, I obviously took it to therapy and my, me and my therapist ended up having another conversation about me and my assumptions about my friends and my my beliefs about myself in, in terms of my friendships. But it was also very, like, you modelled something very important for me as well in the conversation that we had, in the clearing conversation that we had. You modelled, like, a lot of strength and a lot of vulnerability at the same time. And yeah, I, I don't think I'll ever forget that. Like, yeah, I don't think I'll ever forget that. It was a really important conversation and it was really impactful. And it's made me even look at other friends differently and look at myself as well. Or yeah, engage with the fact that I need to look at myself differently in relation to people. What I found also found interesting about it whilst we were in it was that we, so leading, obviously we're relatively new friends, relatively, that in terms of like, of all my close friends, um, I've known you for the least amount of physical time. And I feel like, so for example, in the build up to the adult friendship conversation, the episode that came out however long ago, and just in general, I feel like this is a conversation that we have had. I feel like we've discussed what conflict might look like for us before there has ever been any real tension between us and we've always I feel like we've been very intentional about creating practices within our friendship that prevent conflict no well no not prevent conflict but allow conflict to be smooth um that so allow it to be kind of like adult in it in in how we interact whereas 
and we've and we have spoken about before how difficult that is in other friendships with people that we've been friends with for like such long periods of time and certain habits have crept in and certain like things are so ingrained um and actually that's one of the benefits of our friendship so in the midst of the itchiness I was just like questioning a lot about if what I had thought if what we had was what I thought it was basically mm-hmm. because I thought that we had spent time we'd invested a lot in the friendship so in my head I couldn't compute the two things I couldn't it didn't make sense it was like why does it feel like this why is the energy so nasty and just not real yeah when there's been so much work to prevent that from happening and then why is it not being addressed yeah and then I was and then that sent me on a whole journey in my head about like, and in my imagination, that similar. And I'm someone that actually doesn't really create stories, but I thought that there were some external factors. So relationships with other people. So relationships with like mutual people that we both have relationships with or a mutual person that we both have a relationship with things being a bit funky in that realm as well. I feel that like that led me to tell my, start telling myself stories about, what was happening or what you were thinking or why you were not addressing things mm. and I found that really interesting and I think it I think that um because we we again we had a separate conversation about that the other day and I feel like it's really interesting the way that like a third party or somebody that's not even in our relationship had impacted the way that we were relating to each other yeah. indirectly um mm. Yeah, and I think that's something that maybe for a long time I didn't want to admit to yeah. myself, to myself, like not even that, but I just, I, for a long time I wanted to kind of be neutral, like, oh, I have a relationship with this person over here and I've got a separate relationship with that person over there and those two things are separate and that doesn't really impact me. But I feel like that season of itchiness, I had to admit that to myself and I had to like, admit and I had to also look at and be accountable for and take responsibility for how I have enabled that to be this period of itchiness has really reinforced actually what I know and that is that um in this specific friendship in my friendship with Ez there is an ability to like address probably anything really that could potentially come up and clear it for the itchiness to be cleared because you've got the tools and the capacity to really like just have an honest and truthful conversation with me like the period of itchiness also made me think about like other friendships that have fallen by the wayside because of like a period of itchiness that we were not able to clear And I've had a few friendships that have just fallen by the wayside because things have not been able to be addressed. And that's a combination of things, namely you and usually me not feeling safe enough to be open, honest, as open and honest and vulnerable as I need to be. And also probably not trusting that the other person is going to like tap into what they need to tap into to like have these conversations but I'm definitely grateful that in this friendship I'm seeing more and more and more that like, yeah, you're able to show up as yourself and just be honest. And in being honest, this period of itchiness and on my side of things went on for as long as it did. The itchiness went on for as long as it did 
because of a lot of narrative in my mind about my place and importance in the friendship. I think I see things. <laughs> and I think one thing, another thing that was a little bit difficult for me through the like, couple of the weeks of us not, like, I don't even know what to call it because it wasn't that we weren't talking. Like, we were talking, we were recording, we, like, we did the whole safe flight, safe flight thing. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't that we weren't we talking. Real, we just weren't being real. Yeah, we just, it wasn't, it wasn't, yeah, we weren't living in truth, I don't think. We, yeah, yeah. So in that period, I think the other thing that was coming up for me or that I was like, I just see things. I think I just see things. And I think what it was a little bit, I won't say difficult, but it was like, I started to question what I was seeing. Um, because I feel like I could see really early on. And my interpretation was, for whatever reason, you've been triggered by this authenticity thing. And through being triggered, you feel, I'm, I'm going to name it as shame. Yeah. And an inability to show up as yourself because of that shame. So I, I can see that the way that, and I didn't get why you felt the shame mm. because I feel like there's ways that we've seen each other that, like, we've seen each other in it. Do you know what I mean, we've, we've, this isn't the first time we've seen each other, this isn't the first kind of like. Type point in our friendship where we've we've seen shadow I feel that shadow has actually been very present in our relationship which is why we've been able to get so close so this shadow <laughs> you weren't meant to see this shadow I think is the honest truth it was like you're not meant to see this shadow any shadow that that directly like speaks to certain things or directly speaks to the ways that I might show up in this friendship I don't want you to see that. I don't, yeah, I don't want someone to see that. So even, let's say it was a romantic relationship, like, got, um, I've, I, like if I had a man, whatever, whatever. Let's say he sees that I have, the, like, the tendency to be a certain way at work and that pertains just to the workspace. See that, I don't mind, see it, I'll be open about it. But things that pertain to that relationship, that, like is that the floor comes out from under my feet like that's very scary so yeah the yeah the shadow has shown up and I've even yeah the shadow was proper shown up in this friendship but not necessarily shadow that I feel directly can impact or speaks to this this particular friendship with Ez but this this shadow was the jugular it was proper the jugular and that was so uncomfortable and yeah I felt very shame and very like yeah the story definitely was like your friends are your friends your friends are your friends Jade but there's charity attached to it <laughs> and this person seeing this now they definitely aren't going to want to be your friend. So just, like, just leave it. Like, yeah, just leave it, I guess. Leave it. <laughs> You're so mad. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, God, it's very funny because I was like, this girl is so mad and I don't even have time for this right now. <laughs> for this. 
I ain't got time for all of this stuff that is happening. So <laughs> all this stuff that she's coming to do, she needs to not do it right now. <laughs> all this stuff that she's coming to do, she needs to not do it. But I've, what I find funny, so there's a few things that I'm laughing at, yeah. I'm laughing at... So, right. What I'm so it's not funny actually. I'm seeing myself so in as much as like you could see yourself and you felt shame and you felt like you saw maybe the role that you've played to enable this itchiness to occur. I also saw myself and I saw the way like I I have allowed that narrative that like I'm this iron woman to be and it's not just in this friendship but like it's, it's in most of my friendships I've allowed this narrative that I'm this iron woman that like I'm all knowing all understanding I like whatever comes up that I've got space for I think there's that there's also the like I if I wasn't instructed to not confront I would have confronted straight away and we wouldn't have had this period yeah and I feel like I was like, so in the inverse, so you saying that like, oh, me seeing the shadow, I wasn't meant to see that part and something that can affect me. And it, it was scary is the truth. Um, and not, the shadow wasn't scary. So like the, the reality or the fact that like, maybe you don't always show up as your full authentic self in relationships that didn't that doesn't scare me i don't find that abnormal i don't think i i, I can relate to it i don't think that i always show up as my full authentic self in relationships so that's the shadow wasn't what scared me i think what scared me was how what felt like at the time our inability to address that mm. and mm. to make space for that because if that's the truth then that's the truth, isn't it? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, if, if, if it's a thing where, like, you're, where you are in your world today, where you are in your mind, where you are in your life, you don't feel safe enough or you're not able to or you don't want to, in every space that you're in, show up 100% of Jade. That, should, that is what it is. But we're still friends. So how do we be friends with that being the reality? Does that make sense? Yeah. And so that period of, like, us not addressing it was, like, Rah, can we be friends then? Because yeah. we can't, because that's you and that's fine, and this is me and that's fine. But like, now that we're seeing this side of ourselves, how do we do this? Um, and that was like, and then also, I think similarly, because obviously the entanglement breakup as well, <laughs> and get <laughs> me, and just bad things were happening. I started to now question myself and my judge of character like am I and obviously this also being attached to and I'm just gonna name it so that it's not so abstract but the fact that you were seeing someone that very close to me and then the stuff that's going on with me and that person at the moment and that relationship being in a very new place I'll say and so it was just so many things so that external that so that yes internally this is going on for us but then externally there's all these other things that are going on as well that are making me think like, is am I, am I mad now? Like, is it me? Is it a me thing? But then also, like, just the ways that it was manifesting. So I remember the day that um, 
the day that we, we went to the studio, I just remember thinking, we're both so mad. This is so mad. Like, we sat there, we recorded, I think we recorded three episodes that day. Yeah. We was, gonna, we was even going to go to DLT with Edwin. We was even doing like, oh, let's go out. Like, I can't explain it. And then finish recording. Okay, my cab's here, bye. Like, it was just like, what's happened? Like, we're both mad. So it might, it, and it was like, this is mad. This is just mad. Like, what's happening? Yeah, that day was really uncomfortable. That day was really uncomfortable. Because it was just that this is, yeah, we're like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, it was very, what's going on? This, for me, just on a personal level, has been really, really, really important. This has been so important. You said something to me the other day as well, actually, um, that I have not stopped thinking about. I am able now to, like, look back at things and see their starting points. So, for example, in the conversation I had with my therapist about friendships generally, I was able to go back to, like, friendships in secondary school that were really difficult and have kind of set in motion like a belief about myself in relation to friends and friendship and that's easy for me to do that's that's become something really easy to do and it's still very important but um you said something to me the other day and you was like um how are my patterns helping to continue these things how do my patterns support the continuation of like these realities basically and that is something that yeah like taking this situation this itchiness the conversation that we've had all of the things that it's unveiled for me the ways in which it has almost like made me strip down in this friendship taking that and taking like this new way of looking at things this new way of like really zooming in on my like patterns and the way that they uphold the trajectory of of my relationships particularly the trajectory of relationships in my life specifically taking these two things um have been really important for me this year I think that the control stuff and this are two big shifts that I've experienced this year that I think will mean that my like the way that I look at myself and the way I interact with people is going to change yeah it's gonna change I don't think it will ever really be the same again comfortably but yeah can I just say that both of those came to the forefront when I was on an enhanced yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I went I was an, an enhanced intuitive what, did, what am I calling it <laughs> I don't even remember now when I was journeying both of those things came to the forefront through a journey <laughs> I'd not even participated in. Yeah, maybe we should do it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and um, you can imagine what might happen, mate? <laughs> I might just ascend. <laughs> that's, that's the thing, though. I feel like, um, be it part for me, a lot of shadow work is just that like, being able to see it, man. Like, once you see it, it's not so scary anymore. Once you look at it, once you know it, once you can learn it, once you can see how it manifests in relationships, in choices, in that in our lives, it's not as scary as it seems or sounds. This morning I was doing a um, codependency in a child meditation. As I was visualising, I was crying because I, like, my inner child was saying to me, in the meditation, it 
takes you on a timeline it's like go back to a certain point I've been doing this and it's been taking me to different points of my childhood that I've been like speaking to my inner child and like telling my inner child that it's cool that I've got you now and then today where I went back to I just saw like how far back my inner child has had to be an adult Mm -hmm. like I don't actually have any memories they're obviously they're in my head in it they'll be somewhere and maybe the more I do this the more I'll be able to unravel them but I don't have any memories of a point in my life where my inner child wasn't having to be responsible having to be an adult mm. having to be and I'm seeing how that feeds into this iron lady that shows up in my friendships that shows up in like so I'm seeing that and today, my inner child was saying to me, so my adult, so in as much as the meditation says, go back and like, tell the inner child that you love them, you've got them. My inner child was overpowering my adult. <laughs> so my inner child was like, so my adult was like, ah, oh, I don't trust myself. I don't trust myself to hold you. I don't trust myself to look after you. And my inner child was saying, I am this now so that you can be you I, I, I don't know if this is making sense but it's like I so my inner child matured and did all of that and patterned up and was the resilient iron child so that you could heal as an adult and come back and let me be a child stop mm-hmm. letting me steer the ship and I feel like I see the way that my inner child is so mature that it, it steers my ship and I think it's my adult like, I think it's me. Um, and actually, I, like, I could see today that, and, like, speaking to, like, the itchiness that came up for us, and I definitely saw, like, how I felt in relation to our itchy period. I definitely saw the way that tapped into, like, things around my inner child. Okay. Um, it wasn't. And I could, I could say from, like, a really kind of, like, intellectual mature place like oh yeah this is what why I would da 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 whereas actually I just I couldn't understand it 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 felt almost like abandonment almost it, it I couldn't understand what is going on or what I've done wrong and it felt that like actually by seeing you and by telling you I've seen something and by being my true self it's repelled you Mm. um is what and I feel like that's so the emotional reaction to it was definitely coming through that inner child looking at it now it would have been the inner child I'm literally this revelation has come as I'm saying it now it would have been the inner child that confronted it straight away Mm. because she wouldn't have been able to sit with the discomfort of the rejection or the abandonment or whatever it was so she would have to and and it will be in this adult way you know and it will be me facilitating the conversation like right we need to talk because I'm seeing this and I'm, so where do we go from here but actually I wouldn't have been able to sit in that discomfort I wouldn't have been able to sit with myself and also I feel like by like that itchy period with you the entanglement breakup my world fall into pieces <laughs> And then being catapulted into that space in Dubai, I had to sit with me. I had to do that work. So I can now see like, okay, I get it. I get it now. I get why God was saying to me, don't address this yet. 
Mm -hmm. Even to be honest, even when I addressed it, I prayed that morning. I didn't wait for answer because <laughs> it's not that, oh, I prayed and then God was like, yeah, you can address it now. But I was so uncomfortable that I was like, no, nah, I can't, I can't, I can't go on without addressing this. So I'm, I'm not even going to say that at the point that I addressed it, I felt like I had been given the go ahead because I hadn't. But it's that, and maybe that's that inner child, that discomfort is coming from, from those mm. patterns or pathologies that I'm still learning to to heal that makes so much sense that makes so much sense and I really don't envy <laughs> I really don't envy you in that in that work that you like um have identified that you need to do but yeah yeah man um but anyway thank you for listening guys um, before we do that I'm even gonna say this on air so that it's on air so that you can come back and refer to it when your man starts doing magic. <laughs> I proper love you, Jade. I very much love you. I very much value and appreciate this friendship. Without it, I wouldn't be... It, it's a real safe space for me. Um, it really is a place for me to, like, be. And not many people get... So even we've had this conversation, a lot of people are going to listen to this and not get it. <laughs> they're just not gonna get it yeah, um, yeah and like that's fine and but I feel like you get it you get the the way that I reason the way that I interact with the world um and that's really rare I don't have many people even my closest my nearest and dearest I don't have many people that get me um and I really feel like you get me um and I I value and I appreciate you um so don't be a pagan again yeah <laughs> yeah um, I'll say this on air as well um, that I believe you I believe you this period has helped me to really I believe it right, cool. thanks for listening <laughs> <laughs>